I mean, I've done some weird stuff to get to the bill first. I've taken my date's credit card that she put down and like kind of put it in my pocket before handing it to the to the waiter and then forgotten that I did that and had to return it like the next day. So you stole someone's credit card. <laughs> I stole card. someone's credit card because I was trying to be chivalrous. That is the highest form of chivalry, yeah. I think, you know, <laughs> stealing someone's stealing someone's credit card. It's like the best way to secure a second date. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, like take your car keys. They have to come back, right? Now they just live with you. Oh, that's awful. So that's Sarah Crow. She's a writer whose work you might have read in the Huffington Post, MTV, or Seventeen. She wrote a piece for GQ called Why You Should Always Split the Bill. And if you're a guy, do you maybe understand what I was talking about a second ago? I mean, have you ever been on a dinner date, maybe leaning back in your chair a little bit, happy with the meal and how well your date is going? But then the bill comes. The waiter drops it right in the middle of the table and all hell breaks loose. Then you have to explain to your date why you spilled her drink just to wrestle the bill out of her hands. I mean, am I getting too specific here? Ugh. My heart was in the right place, but now we're really going to think on it. Why are guys like me, guys who are not specifically old-fashioned about gender roles, so obsessed with grabbing the check when we're on a date? I'm Eamon Ismail, and you're listening to Man Up. On this show every week, we tell honest stories about our lives and investigate where we get our ideas about what it means to be a man. If you're in the New York, New Jersey area, you're going to want to listen up. For the first time ever, you can pull up and be a part of the studio audience as we tape Man Up Live, November 8th, at the very intimate Green Space Studio. We're going to be talking relationships, family, sex, identity, and I'll be chopping it up with the audience afterwards, too. You can purchase tickets in advance at slate.com slash live. That's slate.com slash live. So earlier, we were talking about wrestling the bill out of the hands of your date, just to show how much of a gentleman you are. Well, Sarah Crow has been on a lot of those dates, and she's frankly tired of it. I have had people on dates, like, either kind of, like, sneak their card to the waiter mm-hmm. or, like, get kind of weirdly aggressive when I'm like, no, like, let's split it, you know, let's not make it weird. And then they're like, no, really, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, they start insisting in a way that I've always found kind of, it, like, it changes the tone of the date, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you've been having a nice time, it feels like you're pretty much on equal footing, and then all of a sudden this person's like, I have to do this thing facts so um, <laughs> i know exactly what you mean i uh, i have a confession to make <laughs> you know how a second ago you were like yeah some people try and sneak behind mm-hmm. and yeah i'm that guy um. <laughs> <laughs> i uh i just thought it would be like a nice gesture so i just got up i said hey i'm gonna use the bathroom real quick mm-hmm. on my way just to make you know i didn't lie i did go to the bathroom mm-hmm. but on the way i talked to the waiter and i said hey here here's my car just handle this mm-hmm. and I came back to the table, then the bill came after already paid for. I was expecting them to be grateful and happy, and that's not the response I got. They were like, oh, why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. And I was taken back by that. Uh, I was still stubborn in the moment. I was still <laughs> like trying to be like, no, like don't worry about it. I'm I'm the man in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me take care of you. Let me pamper you. But that's not necessarily what she wanted, and I felt a little conflicted about it afterwards. I mean, just, you know, on a personal level... As I mentioned, uh, 
just I think if you want to start a relationship, you want to start it on equal footing, you know, and I've had the experience in the past where people get really weird about the idea of who pays for whom. Mm -hmm. And um, there's this kind of weird aggression at the end of the date about someone kind of taking on all of a sudden taking on this kind of antiquated role. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a dude. I'm paying for this. You know, even when there's like no hint of that beforehand. With my husband, he would do this kind of frequently. He'd be like, no, like, I have to pay for it, even when, like, he was in grad school. And I was like, you don't have any money. Um, <laughs> or, like, you know, just yeah. I, I've been on a lot of dates with people who I don't think are, like, bawling out, you know, but, like, insist that they pay for me and pay for, for themselves. And I've always found it really uncomfortable. Um because also, like, if I want to order a second glass of wine, like, I just want to do that. And if I have mm-hmm. the money to do that, like, I want to pay for it. I don't want you to get weird and be like, okay, I can't make rent mm-hmm. because, like, this chick is, like, you know, yeah. doing something I don't want her to. And it just kind of, like, I don't know, it forces people into these, you know, this, like, provider and providee situation, which, like, feels really strange with a person that you're basically a stranger with. Have you ever had to fight someone to pay for your share of the meal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I like I dated a bartender for a while when I was living in Brooklyn um, and he like insisted even when he like, you know, was running low on money would like insist on paying for me. And it became like a thing where we'd kind of like like I would also try to like slip my credit card to the waiter before (laughs) he could do it. And just like it turned me off eventually. It just like it felt like a weird kind of like power play. And there wasn't really any of that dynamic anywhere else in our relationship, just like kind of like hyper masculine behavior just in this one area. It was like absolutely like never pull out your wallet. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it just made me uncomfortable and it continued to make me uncomfortable. And, you know, he wasn't the one that I married, so <laughs> didn't work so, out so well. I guess it worked out in other ways. Yes. Uh, so I guess I was trying to figure out why I felt com- so compelled mm-hmm. to pay for everything. And I think it goes back to like my first date ever and getting f- advice from friends uh-huh. and all of them saying like, you got to bring your money because mm-hmm. if she wants ice cream, you got to get her ice cream. And I also had friends that were girls. And one of the constant complaints was, oh, and he didn't even pay for the meal. Like that mm-hmm. was also one of those uh, fears that I had mm-hmm. of like liking this girl, going on a date with her. I'm saying girl because we were young. And then uh, it not working out. And then she has like this laundry list of, of complaints. And one of those being, oh, he's super cheap too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that when you start the first date, you know, with the understanding that you're going to be splitting the bill, then you can make those decisions. If that's really important to you, that mm-hmm. can be something that you like address on the first date. And that <laughs> other person can be like, no, that's not cool with me. But when you like make it a thing on the first date, it really sets the tone for the dates to come because like, also, what if she wants to go out like two days later? You know, like not everyone has, you know, a five hundred dollar week like per se budget or whatever. Yeah. So right, 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 right. Um, what I'm still confused about, I guess, what I still have questions mm-hmm. about, is what splitting the bill does for you. I mean, it gives, I guess, kind of like a semblance of power in that initial situation. You know, it's not. I don't think that any guy that I've ever been out with has been like, this is explicitly like a quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay for your meal. Like, we're going to have sex later. Like, you know, (laughs) I'm not uh, dating sociopaths or anything. But, you know, I think that there is some kind of, there is like an initial imbalance when you have someone saying like, I am paying for this thing 
what is it that you're bringing to the table? Because it's like, are you paying for my time? <laughs> you know, it's like, it does feel very weird to have someone kind of take the upper hand. But yeah, for me, I also like, I'm proud that I can like pay my own bills and that I can yeah. make money and, you know, buy the things that I want. And just when someone's like, no, I'm the person who does that for you now, it kind of like undermines a lot of stuff that I've done in my life. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like, no, I, you know, none of what you've been doing up to this point matters because like, I'm just going to be that guy who's, you know, yeah, your money guy now, which is like a very weird thing. Yeah. I think what we're really talking about here are like gender roles. Yeah. And what's all, what I've always been confused about though, is when we do talk about gender roles, we usually frame them as like a conservative versus liberal mm. principles, right? If you're a liberal person, supposedly you're less prone to fall into gender norm traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still. Yeah. I mean, internalized misogyny is a bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't help anyone when when women are expecting that men are going to pay for them. That's a, I mean, I know a lot of like women who would consider themselves feminists who would be horrified if a guy was like, no, like we're splitting it down the middle. Mm-hmm. But I think it just these things are so ingrained and you hear these things, you know, like I definitely when I was first dating, when I was in like middle school or high school or whatever, you know, heard like, you know, if he doesn't pay for you on a date, like yep. don't go on a second date with him. But I don't know that people, when they really break it down, necessarily think that way. You know, it's just it's one of those things that you hear repeated so often that you're like, oh, OK, sure, that makes sense. But I don't know how many people like mm. if they were like, here's a really, really great person that you'll have a great time with. But you're going to have to buy your own meal would be like, no, like I'm calling it quits here. You know, (laughs) dating is just not for me. That's where I'm drawing the line. I mean, I think that I think a lot of men have just been told that, like, if you're not capable of providing financially, Mm -hmm. then you're like not doing the most essential part of your job as a man. And I think that's changed, you know, in the past 50 years, even in the past like 20 years. There's been, like, a major shift. I mean, I'm not saying that men and women are, like, completely financially equal. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's getting better. But I think that, you know, your grandparents or your parents were probably in situations, I mean, I know mine were, where, like, I mean, my grandparents, like, my grandfather worked and my grandmother stayed home. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was what was expected. I'm pretty sure every generation of my family prior to that That was the situation as well. So it's, like, really hard to undo that in, like, 30 years or whatever. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Dating kind of sucks for women. Like it's a lot of work and maybe a lot of risk involved because a lot of the times it's online and if you're just sending anonymous messages to people, you might get a picture of something you didn't necessarily ask for. Uh, so what would you say to someone who says that that's probably a lot of work and therefore the least they can they can get in, in exchange for that is a free meal? I mean, I think if we're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna start talking about all the ways that women uh, should be compensated for their work. <laughs> uh, maybe like you know, getting a lobster tail once in a while yeah. uh, is is not like the this top of the to list really of priorities. Yep. Um, obviously, it sucks that women have to like you know. I mean, not have to. Yeah. People could clean up their act a little bit. If only. Um, right. But I don't think that like you get sent a dick pic from one guy the next guy should like really be paying for your date because like mm -hmm. that dude was really shitty, you know? Um, <laughs> it's the dick pig tax. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and also who knows, like that, that dude you're on a date with could have been getting a catfish, could have gotten a dick pic too. You know, mm. you never, you never know what people go through. We need the best like mathematical minds to come together and figure out the right ratio. Exactly. Suggesting a dick pic tax is not where I expected we'd end up with this conversation, but here we are. And it seems like a good time to take this discussion to someone who has zero problems whatsoever accepting a free meal on a date. I once went on a date with a man who was much older than me, um, who had a solid career, and I knew he had money and he offered to take me out to eat, and it was so uncomfortable. At one point, he performed a rap. Uh, no way. About Marx and Lenin, <laughs> just loudly uh, at at the table, unprovoked. And <laughs> oh ultimately, I mean, all things considered, I I would probably be into that kind of thing, but <laughs> I really was just like crawling out of my skin, wanting to leave, but. I didn't feel unsafe. So I just stuck around and, you know, he paid the bill and I never really interacted with him again. Um, if you're a woman on a date and you really aren't having a good time and you know you don't want to see this person again and you don't want to feel like you have any investment in it, then like, sure, go ahead and split the bill if that's what makes you feel better about it. But I, to me, it, it just is going to make me feel worse that I have less money, you know? This is Magdalene Taylor. She's an assistant editor at Mel Magazine, and she wrote this piece called People Need to Chill About Women Getting Free Food on Dates. Some people have called this going on a foodie call or sneeding. For this piece, she interviewed a slew of women about their shittier experiences with dating men and why men paying for meals barely begins to offer amends. She also did the brave work of scouring men's rights message boards for their um, feelings about this. And yeah, it's as bad as you imagine. So I read your essay uh, in it you wrote, and I wrote it down. Uh, Some see splitting the check on a date as the feminist thing to do, not me. Talk to me about why you see it that way. I don't want to say that like women shouldn't ever pay their half of the bill. And I think that, you know, the most feminist 
perspective one could have on this is that women should do whatever they want to do in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'm, I am somebody who's just very comfortable being paid for. And I mean, I'm, I think there's just a, a variety of experiences that have lent to that. Um, but I think it has a lot to do with me about the fact that I don't like going on dates really. And I don't like, <laughs> you don't like I, going on dates. Well, it's sort of like, I think a lot of women feel like dating is so time consuming, so stressful. And a lot of the time, you know, you match with somebody on Tinder and it yields harassment. It yields dick pics. Mm. It's not, it's, it's not a polite experience quite often. So there's so really just so much labor that goes into dating, I think more so as a woman than as a man, that knowing that we would have to also spend a bunch of money on dates, it's kind of like, why do it at all? Um, so I know in your article, you called it a foodie call. Mm-hmm. I've heard it otherwise called sneeding. I mean, for me, as someone who always tried to pay the bill, I don't know, it kind of scares me a little bit. It poses a dilemma for not just me, but everyone who wants to go out and and make an impression and do like a, you know, like a dramatic display of gentlemanness. I do think that the whole idea of a foodie call is just like a myth. I really don't. I don't know of anybody who is actively scheduling dates (laughs) dates <laughs> solely so that they can get a free meal but i think for a lot of a lot of women see the free meal maybe as an incentive and i think for me really it's like if you're a guy and you're asking a girl out and she's unsure but she considers the fact that she's going to get a free meal as a reason to say yes it's like would you rather that you don't get a chance or that you do get this chance to shoot your shot that's interesting like, uh, so foodie calls are a myth nobody's out here tricking guys and just like <laughs> hustling them for a meal like it, that's it's just not happening uh so i'm married now but um back in the bachelor days i would go on a bunch of first dates and i would try so hard to pay for everything and i'm not exactly sure where it would, it would came from you know i feel like the, the fake answer would probably be, oh, well, it's chivalrous and I want to be the one taking care of everything. But it was a little bit um, self-satisfying. Like, uh, mm-hmm. honestly, I felt good by being the one to take care of people. And it also really, if to be honest with you, it kind of felt like a cheap way for me to signal to someone that I'm someone you can depend on and maybe right. someone that you can trust. So Definitely. And I mean, it is the case that making a financial investment can often indicate, you know, an emotional investment or that you are a reliable person that you really care. Um, but yeah, I kind of think that my generation, I'm, I'm only 23. I I think that women 10 years older than me may have come up, uh, thinking more that splitting the bill was the right thing to do for their sense of gender equality. But I think that I think women of my generation have witnessed the failures of that thinking. And we've kind of decided there's still so 
far to go uh, with gender equality, that this is one of those things that's not actually helping and that we might as well lean in to uh, being a woman, I guess, and (laughs) being able to have people pay for us. I'm kind of split here. I'm probably going to continue trying to pay for everything. Not to balance pay inequality gaps or because it's the feminist thing to do. To be honest, it's a lot more self-serving than that. Except there's this one line from that essay by Sarah Crow, who we heard from earlier, that stuck with me. I felt called out by it. I pulled out a line from your essay that, mm-hmm. I, that I thought really stood out to me. Uh, you wrote, shelling out money for another person doesn't make you a hero. Um, that really kind of shook me because that's kind of how I always saw it. I saw myself as the hero for swooping in and mm-hmm. paying for your, I don't know, burrito, right? Um, do you think guys like me are deluding ourselves? I don't think it's necessarily like a delusional stance, <laughs> but I do think that there's an argument to be made for like not not doing things that you think are complimentary without knowing whether the receiver thinks it's complimentary. You know, like the guys who catcall women mm-hmm. think to some degree that they're like paying a nice compliment to a stranger on the street. And that woman's like, shit, I need to like make sure I can run in these shoes, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that just like, you know, like we were talking about consent earlier, you need to make sure that you're on the same page because like it may feel really good to you to feel like you're being kind of like heroic and being kind and giving the other person this gift. Mm-hmm. And then if that's not something they want to receive, it's just baggage, you know? Yeah. I, I, I guess nowadays it probably wouldn't hurt to worry a little bit more about whether or not you're patronizing your right. date. Um, I keep thinking about whether or not I should be holding doors open for women. It's kind of like created like a paradox for me, <laughs> right? You don't necessarily, you can't mind read. You don't know if mm-hmm. this person feels like they can open their own doors thank you very much or it'd be nicer if more people just held doors for everybody so it almost feels like kind of walking into a date without having this conversation beforehand really feels like you might walk into a trap like how do you know for sure that if you say hey let's split the bill the person won't be offended can you give me some etiquette tips on how to have that conversation i think that just in terms of all things consent related being kind of forthright about them makes it easier. You know, not being like, hey, we're going to split the bill at the end of the date. Mm -hmm. Just being like, hey, I'd like to pay for this. If that's not cool with you, let me know. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of putting that out there at the beginning of the date that gives the other person an option to say like, no, I'd really like to split this. Or like, cool, that's very nice of you. But I think that when you kind of do it behind their back, it seems like you're engaging in this power struggle that you know they never agreed to you know you're engaging in this like relationship dynamic already that they never signed on for yeah um you know i think that i don't know that you need to ask if you're holding the door for someone but Mm -hmm. if the person that you're holding the door for says like hey like i've got this then you stop you know that's all it really takes um it doesn't have to be some kind of like heated conversation where you like lay out all the rules before you go on the date But at some point, if someone says, like, this is not a thing I'm comfortable with, Mm -hmm. you know, like you would in any other situation, just be like, okay, cool. Then we'll, like, do it the way that makes us both comfortable. And that's the show. 
Here at Man Up, we love getting emails and voicemails, and we'd love to hear from you too. So if you have your own story about splitting the bill, or maybe you've caught yourself being a little aggressive about it, leave a message at 805-626-8707. That's 805-MAN-UP-07. Or you can email us at manup at slate.com. Let us know if you've got topics you want to hear us cover on future episodes too. If you like this episode, consider supporting The Kid and leave a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. But more importantly, we need you to subscribe. We've got new shows every week, and you do not want to miss it. Man Up is hosted and written by me, Eamon Ismail. It's produced by Cameron Drews. Our executive producers are Jeffrey Bloomer and Loewen Liu. Gabriel Roth is the editorial director of Slate Podcasts. June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts. And as always, we'll be back next week with more Man Up. <laughs>